Maria Bicknell was the love of John Constable's life, her only rival in his affections being the landscape of East Burkholt and the profession of painting. Their romance, however, was fraught and protracted because of the opposition of her family, especially that of her grandfather, the rector of the Constable family's parish of East Burgholt-Cumbrantham, the Reverend Dr. Rudd. Constable first met Maria while she was visiting her grandparents at the rectory, and stated that he pledged his love for her some years later in 1809. From the early 1800s, John had developed a routine of spending the winter and spring months in London, returning to the countryside in the summer and early autumn. He tried calling on Maria at her parents' house in London in early 1811. However, her family's opposition to the match meant that Maria was sent away to stay in Worcestershire with her half-sister. On her return to London, the couple's long correspondence began, with John formally requesting permission from Maria's father to be allowed to write to her. Mr Bicknell granted his permission, which was interpreted by the Constable family as a sign that perhaps the family was not entirely against the match. John Constable's mother wrote to him, I pray it may be favourable for you and all. They are far too good and honourable to trifle with you or your feelings. Therefore I am inclined to hope for the best, and that all will end well, and to the mutual comfort of all. However, Mrs Constable's initial hopes were in vain, and Maria's family continued to disapprove of John as a possible match for their daughter, ostensibly because his profession as an artist would not provide a suitable and secure living for a married man. Maria wrote to John on the 4th of November, 1811, expressing her disappointment. My dear sir, I have received my father's letter. It is precisely such a one as I expected, reasonable and kind. His only objection would be on the score of that necessary article, cash. What can we do? To live without it is impossible. It would be involving ourselves in misery instead of felicity. Could we but find this golden treasure, we might yet be happy. You say it is not impossible. John and Maria continued to write to each other, but John's father, Golding Constable, advised that John's financial situation would not support a wife. Golding also offered some advice on the sort of paintings John might prefer to produce. Your present prospects and situation are far more critical than at any former period of your life. As a single man, I fear your expenses on the most frugal plan will be found quite equal to the produce of your profession. If my opinion were asked, it would be to defer all thoughts of marriage for the present. I would further advise a close application to your profession and to such parts as pay best. As the years went by, the landscape of East Burgholt became integral to John and Maria's romance. Writing to Maria from his home village in summer 1812, John mentions, From the windows where I am writing, I see all those sweet fields where we have passed so many happy hours together. It is with a melancholy pleasure that I revisit those scenes that once saw us so happy, yet it is gratifying to me to think that the scenes of my boyish days should have witnessed by far the most affecting events of my life. Despite all obstacles, John still hoped that Maria's family would recognise the couple's love for each other. We shall still be happy, and will not a retrospect of these few sad years and what we have suffered for each other greatly enhance the happiness of our married life, and that which is now so much pain for us to bear prove a balm and comfort to our declining years? The death of John's father, 
Golding Constable, in May 1816, gave the couple a hope of being able to marry, as John would be in receipt of funds as a result of Golding's will. Marriage for John and Maria finally became a real possibility. John even spoke to his friends about the marriage. The painter and diarist Joseph Farrington wrote of a conversation with Constable that took place following the wedding of Constable's long-standing friend John Fisher. Under all the circumstance he had made up his mind to marry Miss Bicknell without further delay and to take the chance of what might arise. On 13th of July 1816, Farrington wrote that Constable called and told me that he was to be married in September. But until the time, the couple continued to correspond almost daily, and while they were apart, John's skill of portraiture was able to bring them together. I have been at church today and did not get home till late last evening, so that I am in my usual hurry while writing to you. I am sitting before your portrait, which, when I took off the paper, is so extremely like that I can hardly help going up to it. I had never an idea before of the real pleasure a portrait could offer. In fact, Maria's portrait once stood in for her on a social occasion while she was in London and Constable was staying in East Burkholt. Mrs Godfrey is very unwell but better. I am to call there this evening. She wants to see your portrait and as she cannot come out, I have promised to take it to her so that we shall have a walk in the fair together, which is an honour that perhaps you did not expect. But with marriage finally within reach, Constable didn't seem to be in a hurry to make the final arrangements, and it was up to the Reverend John Fisher to chivy him along and to suggest a honeymoon. My dear Constable, I am not a great letter writer, and when I take the pen in hand, I generally come to the point at once. I therefore write to tell you that I intend to be in London on Tuesday evening, September 24th, and on Wednesday shall hold myself ready and happy to marry you. There, you see, I have used no roundabout phrases, but said the thing at once in good, plain English. So do you follow my example, and get you to your lady, and instead of blundering out long sentences about the high menial altar, etc., say that on Wednesday, September 25th, you are ready to marry her. If she replies, like a sensible woman, as I suspect she is, well, John, here is my hand, I am ready, all well and good. If she says, yes, but another day will be more convenient, let her name it, and I am at her service. And now, my dear fellow, I have another point to settle, and that I may gain it, I shall put it in the shape of a request. It is that if you find upon your marriage that your purse is strong enough to make a bit of a detour, I shall reckon it a great pleasure if you and your bride will come and stay some time with me and my wife. That lady joins with me in my request. The country here is wonderfully wild and sublime, and well worth a painter's visit. My house commands a singularly beautiful view, and you may study from my very windows. You shall have a plate of meat set by the side of your easel without your sitting down to dinner. We never see company, and I have brushes, paints, and canvas in abundance. My wife is quiet and silent, and sits and reads without disturbing a soul, and Mrs. Constable may follow her example. Of an evening, we will sit over an autumnal fireside, read a sensible book, perhaps a sermon, and after prayers, get us to bed at peace with ourselves and all the world. 
tell your lady that I long to be better acquainted with her, as does Mrs. Fisher, and beg her to use her influence with you to see. Yours with real sincerity, John Fisher. John sent this letter directly on to Maria. My dearest love, I hasten to send you the enclosed letter from our friend, the Reverend John Fisher. I have but just received it. I can only say that I am ready to adopt any plan that may meet your feelings on this occasion, and I repeat my friend Fisher's words that I shall be happy and ready to marry you at the time he mentions. Maria replied to John, reminding him that although her answer could be expected, the attitude of Dr. Rudd was likely to be hostile, although she approved of Fisher's honeymoon suggestion. My dearest John, how particularly kind, friendly and considerate is Mr. Fisher. He has answered for me. I cannot, you know, let him suppose I am not a sensible woman. You, my dear John, you who have so long possessed my heart... I shall be happy to give my hand. But I must go on. The day must be named. How long, I wonder, does Mr. Fisher stay in town? But we are quite forgetting the doctor's answer. Indeed, unpleasant as the task is to be imposed upon you, I would certainly advise your writing. I fear there is not a ray of hope to be expected from him. Yet pray write. I do not think I could read his answer. How delightful does Mr. Fisher describe the way time may be spent at Osmington? Do you not long to see the fine view from the windows and the fine wild country which surrounds the house? Indeed, Constable did write to the Reverend Dr. Rudd, according to Farrington, informing him of the intended marriage expressed in very respectful and proper terms. However, the doctor's reply is not known. After a few final delays, on Wednesday, 2nd of October, 1816, John Constable and Maria Bicknell were married by licence at St. Martin-in-the-Fields Church with the Reverend John Fisher officiating. <laughs>